0: Alrighty, folks, I will be back tomorrow. I'm currently celebrating Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, complete with prayer and repentance and and all the rest. And I have plenty of both to do. But in the meantime, I had the opportunity to speak with Blake Masters. He's a Senate candidate in Arizona running against Mark Kelly. Here's what that sounded like. I think you'll enjoy it. Last month, an absolute landslide. You made the switch over to Pure Talk USA. Smart move. You were chained to overpriced unlimited plans from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, and then you finally decided it was time you made the switch. You know that Pure Talk saves the average family over $800 a year without having to sacrifice coverage. So here's what I want you to do. You should do what I did. Make the switch to Pure Talk. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. I got the iPhone 12. Let me make this clear. You are not sacrificing coverage with Pure Talk. The reason is because you are on the exact same network as one of the big providers. The only difference is those big providers, they're paying a bunch of money for brick and mortar stores. They're paying a bunch of money for advertising. Not so with Pure Talk USA. These guys invest all of their money into making sure they have the latest technology and then pass the savings on to you. Get unlimited talk text, six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. Or if you still want unlimited data, you can get that too. And you're still going to be saving a fortune. Just dial pound 250. Say Ben Shapiro. You'll save 50% off your first month. That is pound 250. Say my name, Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. We're joined on the line by Blake Masters. He is running for the Senate in Arizona against Mark Kelly. His background is that he is the head of Thiel Capital, a multibillion dollar firm that invests in new technology companies and the Thiel Foundation, a nonprofit foundation promoting science and innovation. And of course, he co-authored the number one New York Times bestseller, Zero to One with Peter Thiel. It is an excellent book. It has sold more than three million copies. Blake, thanks so much for joining the program. Really appreciate it.
1: Ben, it's great to be here. Thank so, you.
0: Let's talk about why you are bothering to run for Senate. It seems like a really crappy job, I'll be honest with you. I've been asked about running for office before, and it seems pretty miserable being in the Senate, dealing with other senators all day, and then having to go around and fundraise and and do all the things that being a senator requires. What drove you to run for public office here?
1: Right. Well, I'm sure there are miserable parts, but uh, hopefully there are some good parts, too. Mainly, I feel like I just have to do it uh, because I feel like we're losing the country you know, um, my kids in some sense will be fine because I've had a successful business career, but they're on track to grow up in a country that works much less well than the country I grew up in. Right. Just a few years ago in the late eighties and and nineties. Um, so I think everything is coming apart at the seams and, uh, it, it feels, I look around in Arizona. I think I'm the only person that can unseat Democrat Mark Kelly. And, um, you know, I'm not sure how much one person can do, but I, I intend to find out because if not, uh, if we don't right this ship, feel like America is gone on this current trajectory in just a few years. So, Blake, let's talk about your opponent, Mark Kelly, and,
0: and what is the state of play in Arizona right now? So it seems as though Arizona has been moving steadily from red to blue. It's now firmly in the purple camp. You have, an, you have a Republican governor, you have a Republican state legislature, but you have two Democratic senators. How much of that is a simple result of the paucity of good Republican candidates? And how much of that reflects sort of underlying changes in the state of Arizona?
1: You know, I think it's both, but I don't think Arizona's is blue. Uh, in fact, I know it's not. And I think it's 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 too much to even say it's purpling or it's inevitable or something like this. Um, Arizona is about one third Democrat, one third Republican, one third independent, no affiliation. And uh, I think Republicans still have a little advantage, but it's basically one third, one third, one third. Now, those independents, they want to break right. I think temperamentally, they're conservative. To the extent they're ideological, they're conservative. But it's also Arizona; it's a little bit of a libertarian state, a little bit of an individualistic state. You know, we have that Wild West Barry Goldwater heritage, and so they're looking to connect with a candidate personally. Um, You know, there's 50,000 people I think who voted for for Governor Doug Ducey, but then also for Kirsten Cinema in 2018, and that that group of people, mostly in Maricopa County, mostly registered independents, that's who's going to decide the election. But here's the thing: we're right on the issues. They want a border wall. They just want it articulated in in sort of a right way. Uh, They want voter ID. You know, they know it's not racist to have voter ID. They don't want to defund the police. They want more police in their communities in Mesa and Chandler and Gilbert. So I think we won the right candidate with the right messenger. um, Arizona can still win Republican uh, Republicans into office. So
0: one of the things that's been happening in Arizona is that the, the two Democratic senators uh, they make noises as though they are in the middle. Kirsten Cinema has actually shown it more than, than Mark Kelly has. She's actually crossed party right. lines a little bit. Kelly seems to be voting almost directly down the Democratic Party line as opposed to Cinema, who's seen more as, as sort of an almost John McCain maverick from, from the Democratic Party. Uh, so maybe you can talk a little bit about Kelly's record in the Senate.
1: Yeah, and I do that by distinguishing it from Cinemas, right? No one thought Kelly was a right winger. No one thought he was gonna, you know, vote like uh, Tom Cotton or, or Senator uh, Hawley or something like this. But Kirsten Cinema promised to be independent. She promised to buck party leadership uh, as appropriate. And I, look, she's not a political ally. I don't trust her long term. But she's doing that. Like, thank goodness she's holding on to the filibuster, right? Her mention, uh, Kelly made much of the same noises. You know, I'll roll up my sleeves and be independent for Arizonans. Meanwhile. He's voting with Chuck Schumer in lockstep like 98 percent of the time, voting against finishing the border wall, voting for mass amnesty, voting for the crazy uh, spending and infrastructure packages these Democrats put together. And so I think Democrats are really good at this, right? Running moderate candidates who don't appear to be far left, but who are, in fact, far left. That fits Mark Kelly to a T. And I think by pointing out the contrast between him and Kirsten Sinema, uh, that's one way to show people this is not the guy you thought you were voting for.
0: So, you know, Blake, it's interesting. When I talk to people from Arizona, they seem uh, a lot of kind of higher ups in the Arizona Republican Party. Uh, They seem very concerned uh, with the voter audits and with 2020 and and all of that. And it seems to me that, that whatever you think happened in 2020, and I've been pretty open that I think that Trump lost the election and that there are many reasons why he lost the election. But whatever you think of that, I don't see why it behooves the, the Arizona Republican Party to spend the sort of time and effort they have on on relitigating 2020 when it seems perfectly obvious that the future battle is 2022, 2024 and and beyond. Uh, what where do you think the status is of sort of the the state Republican Party at this point point? and do they need to to start looking forward as opposed to looking backward?
1: Well, I think you got to do both. Um and I don't I don't think that's a cop out. I do think you have to look forward and win 2022 and you don't do that just by, you know, airing sour grapes about 2020. That said, you know, uh, and I don't know what happened, right? I look forward to reading the audit report. I think the, the vote margin between Trump and Biden as certified was like 10,500, just a few less. Um, and we know Dems ballot harvest in Arizona, right? We know they do all these things where on the margin, you can find votes. So even if you don't believe in, in the wilder, you know, Dominion switched votes stuff, um, I still think it behooves us to go and, and look and see, is this count accurate? How do we know, um, if only so that people can see, right? President Trump said this himself, like, let's run the audit. Let's see if I lost, I lost. But let's see, right? And it feels like there's an awful lot of gaslighting. Uh, Blue check journos in Arizona want to tell this base, no, this is the most perfect election of all time, right? What are you talking about? If you have any complaints at all, shut up and go home. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi, as late as 2019, was saying that President Trump was not a legitimately elected president because of Russian hacking, Russian interference, right? So I think, uh, let's see what the audit says. Absolutely, though, we gotta tighten up election laws going forward. We gotta look to 2022 going forward. It's 2022 and 2024. And I do think we need forward-looking substantive agendas because if we win those elections, we still have a chance. I think we can put America back together and have a prosperous American future. If we lose 2022 and 2024, I think it's all over. I don't think it's been too dramatic to say it's all over. The Dems will add seats to the Supreme Court. They will add states to the union. They will federalize elections. And then whatever you think happened in 2020, as soon as HR one, as soon as they get something like that passed, no Republican's ever going to win again in Arizona or anywhere else. All right,
0: we'll get to more with Blake Masters in just one second. First, a reminder, when I'm on the road and I want to make sure that my house is doing well, everything's good at home, I have to use my ring alarm security system. And you should do. It's great. When we moved from California to Florida, first thing my wife said, get that ring stuff on the house we did. And it's really easy to put it on the house yourself. You don't actually have to call an expert to make it happen for you. I'm really a lot more at ease when I'm on the road or away from home. My ring alarm equals peace of mind. Protect your home with ring alarm. Ring alarm is a powerful, affordable whole home security system. You can easily install yourself. It works seamlessly with other ring products in one simple app. For a special offer, go to ring.com slash Ben. It's the perfect way to start your Ring experience. You can keep an eye on every corner of your house with the indoor and outdoor cams. You can see what's happening right from your phone. Protect your home anytime from anywhere with Ring Alarm. Go to ring.com slash Ben for a special offer on a Ring Alarm security kit today. You can build a system that's right for your home. Have it up and running in just minutes. That's ring.com slash Ben. Again, Ring com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Ring.com slash Ben. I want to keep an eye on my kids. Make sure I know what's going on all over my property. I rely on Ring. You should too. Ring.com slash Ben. So, Blake, uh, what is the the kind of polling telling you at this point about Mark Kelly's status? Uh, he, he won very narrowly against a lackluster candidate in Martha McSally, who'd actually lost before, obviously, and then was appointed to fill a seat after she had lost a, an election already. Uh, so now you're, you're running against Kelly. Number one, what does the polling tell you? And number two, where do you think his chief sort of issue vulnerabilities lie? Why are you the best person to take those on?
1: Yeah, his fave-unfave ratio looks exactly like any far-left candidate who's You know, not been out there. Kirsten Sinema is taking the arrows for Mark Kelly at this point. So I think his favorables are still pretty high, um, but they're going down. They're going down with the failures of the Biden administration. I think those are going to sink even more. I don't think anyone thinks the next 15 months are going to be particularly good for the Biden administration or for the Democrats. And so we'll have to make sure that people know, even though Mark Kelly is getting out there and speaking in cliches, even though he won't get out there and tell you what he actually thinks. He, he must be in favor of this crazy uh, Biden administration and their crazy agenda because he just votes in lockstep to serve it. Um, and so I think we have some some work to do there. But, you know, he he just ran because he's an astronaut. You know, he stood by his his wife after that horrific attack, but he didn't have a track record. And this time he's building up a track record. And I think as voters uh, come to acquaint themselves with that track record, you know, they're going to be freaked out. Um Why am I the best person to to beat him? I do think it's hard to beat an incumbent Democrat. We know this. Uh, It's going to take something fresh and new. And if you run the same kind of cookie cutter candidates, you'll get the same kind of results. And in Arizona, that means narrow losses to Democrats that will increasingly be less narrow. Uh, And so I think we can't run someone boring. I think we can't run someone who's only going to, you know, act like a politician and do this weird thing with their hand and tell you consultant provided talking points. Like people are sick of that. And you know, I just I'm a millennial. i'm thirty five years old. I think I have my finger on the pulse of what's gone wrong in this country, not just in the in the last eight months uh, of Biden Harris, but also just in the last couple of decades. Like I can speak to this question of why do millennials and Zoomers feel like they're never going to be able to afford a house? Why does it feel like everything is a racket, you know, designed to keep them down? Um, because this is how people feel. And the problem is too many young people look at that. They feel jaded. You know, they stop believing in the American dream and then they go off to some far left Bernie Sanders, you know, communist politics. Well, that doesn't work. That's a dead end. Right. But I think uh, a sort of common sense, healthy nationalism, a real patriotism, a real focus on how can we have a good American future delivered by like a young person? I think that's a message people haven't heard before in, in at least in quite a long time.
0: So, Blake, you're coming from the tech world, obviously. And uh, one of the things that you talk pretty frequently about is the, the risks of big tech and the, the sort of control that big tech has over our lives. What do you think is the best way to handle uh, the, the threats that, that big tech poses? Because on the one hand, big tech provides, you know, all sorts of great products and services at affordable prices to people. They, they provide, you know, Facebook is free for people to use. It comes along with the risk that Facebook might deplatform you at, at any moment. Meanwhile, Democrats have been openly threatening big tech, saying, that if they don't do what Democrats want them to do, then there will be consequences for that. So if you're you're, you're a libertarian-leaning person, what, what do you think is the, the best solution to deal with the possible predations of big tech?
1: Yeah, well, I'm not that libertarian on big tech. Um, and I used to be, and I think you got to update as time goes on and these companies show themselves. First of all, they've just gotten more and more powerful every year, right? And at this point, Google buys one company a week. They have for 15 years, mostly in order to quash it. Right. So I think there's a lot of anti-competitive conduct, even on traditional antitrust grounds. But uh, I think we give them the whole kitchen sink. I think Section 230 protections should be repealed if these companies want to act like publishers, not platforms. Um, I'm interested in in treating these companies like common carriers. Right. The phone company can't kick you an eye off uh, because we have a, a, a conversation about your you know right leaning podcast. So why should Facebook or Twitter be able to do that? Um, I'm interested in exploring uh, antitrust, right? Maybe some of these laws, you mentioned Facebook was free. Well, a lot of the antitrust laws were written, you know, to protect people from price gouging. Um, Facebook doesn't price gouge. The product is free for you to use because you are the product in some sense. And so I think the up, uh, uh, the FTC antitrust regime, we need to update all those laws to apply to big tech. but then i'm I'm even interested in going after just the addictiveness or the, the business model of targeted advertising itself. We'll get some more with
0: Blake Masters in just one second first. Let's talk about the fact that there's a lot of pent up demand in the economy, like millions of jobs that are yet to be filled. Well, it's hard to find great employees in that kind of market. I mean, you have more open jobs than you have people seeking those jobs. So, where are businesses turning to fill those roles fast? ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com/dailywire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, they send your job to over 100 top job sites, giving you access to their network of millions of job seekers. ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans resumes to find qualified candidates for your open roles, proactively presents them to you. You can easily review recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job. That encourages them to apply faster. According to ZipRecruiter internal data, jobs where employers invite candidates to apply get two and a half times more candidates. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. So if you're looking to fill a job, ZipRecruiter is the place to go. Head on over to ZipRecruiter for free. Exclusive web address. Try them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That's zipRecruiter.com slash D A I L Y W I R E. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. There's a reason. Their technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. Go check them out right now. ZipRecruiter.com. Slash Daily Wire. All Blake. So let's talk a little bit about big tech and and some of the measures that you were talking about with regard to to what can be done to rein in the predations of big tech.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think we need to do a whole lot here, actually. I don't think we have a meaningful First Amendment in this country in just a few short years if we do nothing, if we're too laissez-faire, frankly, about big tech. Uh, and so I think we repeal Section 230 protections, right? If these companies want to talk Uh, if they want to put their thumb on the scale, if they want to be publishers, not platforms, fine, but we'll treat them as such. Um, I think they should be common carriers. You know, I think we should break them up. There's no reason why Facebook should be able to own Facebook Classic and WhatsApp and Instagram and sort of efficiently mine data from people on each platform and share it behind the scenes, uh, you know, with the Facebook octopus so that they can, you know, better and more surgically deliver targeted advertising. Um, But ultimately, I think the problem here is that big tech is addictive. Um, You know, I, I, every venture capitalist I know that has kids doesn't let their kids play with iPhones or iPads. Um, You know, they all buy hand carved wooden Swedish toys for their kids to play with. Meanwhile, you go to Applebee's, uh, you know, or some family restaurant um, and you, you look at dinner table conversations or what ought to be conversations among family members. And every kid has his own iPad and they're just like glued to it. And so I think we got to recognize this is uh, this is really bad, especially it's really bad for, for young people, but you know, it's that cliched line, the smartest minds of my generation are figuring out how to get people to click ads. And I think all this data, that whole target advertising business model, um, these products are engineered to be addictive. And I think manipulative and and predatory. And so I think we need smart, young, competent people in government who who know how know how these businesses work and know how we can do something about this.
0: And it's really interesting. There is an article about how China uh, is is now barring students during school days from from using a lot of these apps from playing video games. Uh, the idea being on the weekends that's fine, but you know during the school week you actually have to do your work. Meanwhile, the United States we're we're getting rid of of things like actually giving grades and 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 any sort of uh, metric for
1: testing. Right. Right. I mean, China's model is probably wrong. You know, that's usually the case. And um, it's also true that China is deadly serious uh, about many of the problems they face. And they're at least willing to recognize sometimes, hey, we have a problem here. Right. And their solutions are authoritarian and horrible. But so often in the United States, we just uh, act like ostriches with our head buried in the sand. There's no big tech problem. Everything's fine. This is just the market at work. You know, meanwhile, yeah, kids are addicted to their iPhones. They're cutting class to vape in, you know, school bathrooms or something like this. Um, I think this stuff is bad. Uh, And we need to be able to recognize that if we want any prayer of being able to solve these problems.
0: Uh, We're speaking with Blake Masters, who, of course, is running against Mark Kelly in Arizona. So, Blake, one of the issues I'm sure that's going to come up a lot in this election uh, is going to be your association with Peter Thiel, who's become uh, sort of bugaboo for the left. Uh, the idea being that he is a, a, an almost right-wing, libertarian, crypto-fascist George Soros figure. For folks who don't know about what exactly Peter Thiel does, what the Thiel Foundation is, maybe you can talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Peter's you know the best or certainly one of the best tech investors of, of all time. Um, that's his day job, but of course, he's very politically active. And he uh, made waves in Silicon Valley when he publicly supported then-candidate Donald Trump uh, you know, I think very early on in in 2016. And it's weird because I think Silicon Valley, like there's still a lot of Republicans. It might be 30 percent, might be 20 percent, but it's 70 or 80 percent Democrat. And the politics, the dynamic is such that you cannot voice support uh, for the Republican you know, nominee or the Republican president. Everyone just feels silenced and they are. Um, it's 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 cancel culture. It's everything. Even the rich people tend to be really jacketed But what I really respect about Peter is he's like, nope, sorry, I'm going to speak my mind, Um, you know, and and he did. And he was a very public surrogate for for Trump. And he just he just doesn't care. He's willing to to take the heat from the left to stand up for what he believes in. I mean, he's willing to criticize Trump, too. You know, I mean, he doesn't think the administration is perfect, but he thinks it was pretty darn good and a whole lot better than where we'd be without Trump. Right. We'd be in year five of a Hillary Clinton presidency. Um, That apparently is what everyone in Silicon Valley was salivating over. Uh, And and so, look, on the Teal Capital side, we invest in startup technology companies, you know, we hope they become very big and successful. Uh, SpaceX, Airbnb, stuff like that. And on the Teal Foundation side, the nonprofit, we try to do what I call anti-philanthropy philanthropy. philanthropy. Um, What are some good nonprofit causes that we can further that very few other people are going to donate to because they're not maybe as socially fashionable. And so our best program, I think, is the Teal Fellowship, where we pay talented young people $100,000 to uh, drop out of college and instead work on a business. I think those businesses together have been fantastically successful, but mainly it's the statement against college, right? Like why have we built a society where we pretend that the only value you can have as a human being, you know, is to to go through this meat grinder where you get a bachelor's degree uh, at the end of it. I think that's insane. Most people probably shouldn't go to college Um, especially today where you go and it's just more and more expensive, doesn't actually make any sense. You come out of it indoctrinated, even less of a free thinker than when you came in. Uh, And so we want to just shine a light. There should be a lot more paths to success in society than just that one. Well,
0: it's Blake Masters running against Mark Kelly in Arizona. Really appreciate the time, Blake, and good luck in the race. Hey, thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free